This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. The Romance of Tristan and Isolt. By Joseph Bedier. Translated by H. Belloc. Part the Second. Ogrin the Hermit. After three days it happened that Tristan, in following a wounded deer far out into the wood, was caught by nightfall, and took to thinking thus under the dark wood alone. It was not fear that moved the king. He had my sword and I slept, and had he wished to slay, why did he leave me his own blade? Oh, my father, my father, I know you now. There was pardon in your heart and tenderness and pity. Yet how was that, for who could forgive in this matter without shame? It was not pardon, it was understanding. The faggot and the chantry leap and the leper ambush have shown him God upon our side. Also I think he remembered the boy who long ago harped at his feet, and my land of Leoness which I left for him. The Mohalt spear and blood shed in his honour. He remembered how I made no avowal but claimed a trial at arms, and the high nature of his heart has made him understand what men around him cannot. Never can he know of the spell, yet he doubts and hopes and knows I have told no lie, and would have me prove my cause. Oh, but to win at arms by God's aid for him, and to enter his peace and to put on mail for him again. But then he must take her back, and I must yield her. It would have been much better had he killed me in my sleep. For till now I was hunted and I could hate and forget. He had thrown his salt to the lepers. She was no more his but mine. And now by his compassion he has wakened my heart and regained the queen. For queen she was at his side, but in this wood she lives a slave and I waste her youth. And for rooms all hung with silk she has this savage place and a hut for her splendid walls and I am the cause that she treads this ugly road. So now I cry to God the Lord, who is king of the world, and beg him to give me strength to yield back his salt to King Mark, for she is indeed his wife, wed according to the laws of Rome, before all the barony of his land. And as he thought thus, he leant upon his bow, and all through the night considered his sorrow. Within the hollow of thorns that was their resting-place, Isolt the fair awaited Tristan's return. The golden ring that King Mark had slipped there glistened on her finger in the moonlight, and she thought, He that put on this ring is not the man who threw me to his lepers in his wrath. He is rather that compassionate lord who, from the day I touched his shore, received me and protected. And he loved Tristan once, but I came, and see what I have done. He should have lived in the king's palace. He should have ridden through kings and barons' fees, finding adventure. But through me he has forgotten his knighthood, and is hunted and exiled from the court, leading a random life. Just then she heard the feet of Tristan coming over the dead leaves and twigs. She came to meet him as was her wont, to relieve him of his arms, and she took from him his bow, fail naught, and his arrows, and she unbuckled his sword-straps, and, "'Friend,' said he, "'it is the king's sword. "'It should have slain, but it spared us.' 
Isolt took the sword and kissed the hilt of gold, and Tristan saw her weeping. Friend, said he, if I could make my peace with the king, if he would allow me to sustain in arms that neither by act nor word have I loved you with a wrongful love, any knight from the marshes of Eli right away to do Rome that would gainsay me, would find me armed in the ring. Then if the king would keep you and drive me out, I would cross to the lowlands or to Brittany with Gorvenal alone. But wherever I went, and always, queen, I should be yours. Nor would I have spoken thus, Isolt, but for the wretchedness you bear so long for my sake in this desert land. Tristan, she said, there is the hermit Ogrin. Let us return to him and cry mercy to the king of heaven. They wakened Gorvenal. Isolt mounted the steed, and Tristan led it by the bridle and all night long they went for the last time through the woods of their love, and they did not speak a word. By morning they came to the hermitage, where Ogrin read at the threshold, and seeing them, called them tenderly. "'Friends,' he cried, "'see how love drives you still to further wretchedness. Will you not do penance at last for your madness?' "'Lord Ogrin,' said Tristan, "'hear us. Help us to offer peace to the king, and I will yield him the queen,' and will myself go far away into Brittany or the lowlands, and if some day the king suffer me, I will return and serve as I should. And at the hermit's feet Isolt said in her turn, Nor will I live longer so, for though I will not say one word of penance for my love, which is there and remains for ever, yet from now on I will be separate from him. Then the hermit wept and praised God and cried, High King, I praise thy name, for that thou hast let me live so long as to give aid to these. And he gave them wise counsel, and took ink, and wrote a little writ, offering the king what Tristan said. That night Tristan took the road. Once more he saw the marble well and the tall pine tree, and he came beneath the window where the king slept, and called him gently. And Mark awoke and whispered, who are you that call me in the night at such an hour? Lord, I am Tristan. I bring you a writ and lay it here. And the king cried, Nephew, nephew, for God's sake wait a while. But Tristan had fled and joined his squire and mounted rapidly. Gorvenal said to him, O oh, Tristan, you are mad to have come. Fly hard with me by the nearest road. So they came back to the hermitage, and there they found Ogrin at prayer, but Isolt weeping silently. End of Ogrin the Hermit